This is Franchise Today, brought to you by FRM Solutions, providers of the best-in-class software solutions for franchise relationship management. Franchise Today is your destination for weekly information, conversations, and interviews with accomplished industry leaders, all of whom share best practices for sustainable growth and sensible franchising. Here now, your host, Stan Friedman, to kick off this week's podcast. Today is Wednesday, November 10th. I'm Stan Friedman, and this is Franchise Today. You know, the last voice I featured last week on my tribute to Jerry Darnell was Ryan Hicks when he told us about how much time he spent during the past few years, his early years in franchising, being guided and mentored by Jerry. You know, that got me to thinking about how many others I've met in recent years and gotten to know who, just like Ryan, are fresh faces on the franchising scene, but are rising stars in this business, and how many of them, too, could use a leg up from time to time by some of us who have been at this for a minute or two. So, that thought inspired me to introduce a new feature on Franchise Today. Beginning today and on the second Wednesday of each month, I'm going to invite as my guest a rising star in franchising. It could be a supplier, an up-and-coming franchisor executive, someone in franchise development, marketing or ops, an IFA staffer, a PR person, a franchisee, anyone for that matter, in service to our business model, building a solid reputation as they ascend on their journeys to the next generation of franchise leadership. I'll air those interviews each month in the name of Jerry's memory and his desire to always pay it forward to all of those he touched. So, this week we'll kick that series off with none other than Emily George, just a few years in into her franchise career, but already on a trajectory to make her mark on the business. Emily recently joined Michelle Rowan and Eric Stites at the Franchise Business Review after a few years at Rev Local. Most recently, during the pandemic, she's impressed a great many of us with her captivating and informative contributions to the now infamous Whiskey Wednesday posts on LinkedIn, created by none other than two other guys who, like me, have been around this business for a minute or two. I'm speaking about none other than David Chapman and Pete Baldeen. So, when I return in two minutes or less, I'm joined by Emily George. This is Franchise Today. I'm Stan Friedman, and I'll be back in a flash. Franchise Today will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, franchisors of restaurants, bars, grills, and taverns, and multi-unit franchisees, listen up. This message is for you. Atmosphere TV wants to help you cut costs on overpriced cable TV for your business and either replace it completely or partially if sports programming is essential at your locations. What Atmosphere TV provides are 100% free programming options with nearly 50 channels of highly engaging and entertaining programming that is audio optional and guaranteed to please your customers and even increase their average ticket per visit. So here's how it works. Atmosphere hooks you up with an Apple TV HD receiver loaded with nearly 50 channels of fully licensed, no cost to you, fun and lifestyle programming. These channels include Chive and Red Bull TV, bloopers, superhuman feats, and an array of viewing options that don't require sound to be enjoyed. And this offer is not just limited to restaurants or bars. No, any business with a TV screen in its waiting room can benefit from Atmosphere's free programming offer as well. So what are you waiting for? Cut the cord on overpriced cable and get Atmosphere TV with its 100% free, engaging, and entertaining programming options. Keep your guests happy while they wait to see you. Instead of 
watching the clock and their wait times. Chiropractors, doctors, dentists, auto repair shops, anyone with TVs in your waiting rooms, jump onto this amazing offer today. And if you text the word FRANCHISE to 474747, Atmosphere will waive the $100 setup fee for the Apple TV HD receiver that they'll ship to you as well at no cost. Atmosphere TV, changing the way businesses view television. Find them online at atmosphere.tv and remember, text FRANCHISE to 474747 for the no-charge Apple receiver. Cut the cord and get rid of cable today with Atmosphere TV. Emily George has a clear understanding of the power behind building partnerships, be those with brand clients, professional organizations, or vendor partnerships that enable scalable solutions for those that she serves. She did sell for a little more than three years at Rev Local before recently making a move and joining Michelle Rowan's team at the Franchise Business Review, where they work with franchisors to measure and then use franchisee feedback to make their organizations stronger and more successful. Emily is multi-talented, but what will be a Abundantly clear to you after hearing from her today is her passion for helping franchise systems who want to grow the right way by investing in people, creating a positive culture, and measuring success so that they can continue to grow better, faster. Who better to feature in this initial episode of Franchising's Rising Stars, presented monthly in memory of Jerry Darnell. Emily George, welcome to Franchise Today. Thanks, Dan. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited that you are here. The only place I get to see you most of the time is Wednesdays, middle part of the week. I get on LinkedIn and there you are doing Whiskey Wednesday. Yeah, you know, that has been a, a real funny thing and an awesome way to get to know amazing people like yourself. And now I've been excited to to make some in-person connections with some of those digital connections that we've been building through Whiskey Wednesday the last almost two years now. Can you believe it that it's been that long? I mean, but good things have come from this pandemic and Whiskey Wednesday for me has been just one of those that every week I look forward to. Exact same on my side for sure. Now the last Whiskey Wednesday I saw you at was not the happiest for me. Yeah, That's that's the last one that I was at. We were live, weren't we? We were in Atlanta yeah. for the Franchise Update Leadership Conference and we did a bit of a tribute to my friend Jerry Darnell who we recently lost and yeah. that was a tough one for me. Yeah, you know the, the whole FLDC experience, I came in last minute a lot to do that Whiskey Wednesday in person because we knew it was going to be important for so many people because of the loss of Jerry. I had not personally had the opportunity to know Jerry, but certainly through Pete and others have come to know how special a person he was. And I'm just so sorry for the the loss of the franchise community that we don't have him with us anymore. Well, I'll go along with all of that. With that, I lost my best friend as well. And I'll give you a quick aside. We've spent two weeks here on the podcast celebrating Jerry's life, but I've got one little quip I'll share with you that wasn't shared elsewhere. So I was up at the family celebration of his life in Princeton, Kentucky, and that happened on a Sunday afternoon at one o'clock. I got to Jerry's farm, Bonnie's farm, and we spent a couple hours there before we went to the celebration. And as we were leaving the farm, my wife and I are in the car. We're heading up to the country club where the celebration of life was going to take place. And I realized I left my phone on porch. So I'm following another car 
and I flash my lights to let them know that I'm going to have to go back to the farm to reclaim my phone, and I'll catch up with you. I'll find the country club on GPS. So I go back to the farm. I jump out of the car, and my car starts beeping, and I'm thinking, what's this about? And it, I realized I've never done that before, but I was walking away from a vehicle with a key fob in my pocket, and the motor was running. So the car was letting me know, the engine's on, and the key's not here. What are you doing? So I threw the key fob on the back of the car, up on the trunk, and so I could keep the motor running. And I went and grabbed my phone, got back with my phone, jumped in the car completely forgetting that I did that with the key fob and took off. Well, guess what? Oh, no. The key fob wasn't there anymore. I got to the celebration of life and I pushed the button on my dashboard to turn off the car and the dashboard starts lighting up. Key not present. Key not present. I went, oh, no. I realized what I did. So I know now I'm going into a three-hour ceremony. And I'm coming out at four o'clock on a Sunday afternoon with no way to start my vehicle. And <laughs> that's oh, not the happiest my. of moments. But we went back at four o'clock and I had some help. Rebecca Monet was there. She came and yeah. she was helping me and my wife. And we're looking all over the driveway and we're looking everywhere. No key fob. Mm -hmm. We went all the way down the driveway and a quarter of a mile down the road, no key fob. Oh. And I said, this is just not possible. How is this possible? Am I finding this? Well, Rebecca said, Stan, here's the deal. You're not going to find it today. And there's nothing open within a hundred miles. You can't find a locksmith. AAA can't help you. There's nothing to sure. do, but I had spent the night before in Nashville. So Rebecca said, I'm going to take you back to Nashville tonight and then I'll drive you back up here tomorrow. I said, Rebecca, I can't ask you to do that. She said, doesn't matter what you're asking. I'm telling you, that's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, long story short, we got in her car and we're heading to Nashville and I, I was angry. I, I took my index finger and I started poking her windshield and I looked up to the sky and I said, come on, Jerry, you can do better than this. <laughs> yeah, yep. Jerry's the guy who always asked everybody, well, how can I help you? How can I help you? What can I do for you mm -hmm. today? And I mm -hmm. poked up there and said, Jerry, you can do better than this, can't you? Two minutes later, my phone rings and it's Jerry's daughter, Tara, calling to tell me we found your key fob. And I said, you're kidding. How's that possible? She said it was a mile and a half or so away from the farm, right in front of a church. And we found your key fob. And I looked up to the sky and I said, I knew you could do better, Jerry. I just had to let you know. <laughs> So there was my last oh, conversation with Jerry. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Like what an amazing memory. And I'll tell you about 11 years ago, I lost two of my very best friends way too early, 13 days apart in totally unrelated situations. And I would not wish that kind of grief on anybody. But I will also tell you that there have been just some incredible moments in those last 11 years where I very much know that those people are still in my life in whatever way that they can be. And I'm so glad that Jerry could be there for you on that day. Well, thank you. And I appreciate that because I really truly believe that's exactly what happened. Yep. In fact, found it right in front of a church of all places. So, uh, yep. <laughs> that's... You just can't make it up. <laughs> yep, that's a sign. That's right. a sign for sure. So mm -hmm. let's push all that aside for the moment. Sure. And let's get back to the beginning and mm -hmm. do what I do every week, Emily, and that is to ask my guests to explain to the audience how franchising found you and when that was. Yeah, so uh, as as you say, uh, franchising, like many others, found me in a really unusual way. I had gone to college to be a high school history teacher, was fully licensed in the state of Iowa where I went to school 
school and did my student teaching. We moved to Ohio shortly thereafter, and I did all of the necessary things to transfer my license to teach to the state of Ohio. And just moving at an odd time of the year, didn't land a teaching job right away and started doing other random things that took me to a frozen custard shop in Ohio, working for a lovely family in a small community, Granville, Ohio, just outside of Columbus. Uh, And while I was working for the frozen custard shop, a new restaurant came to town and I had worked in restaurants all through college. My family had owned a restaurant when I was growing up and in famous last words style, my mom had always said, Emily, you can do anything you want. Just don't go into restaurants. Don't go into hospitality. And even after four years bartending through college, I kept at restaurants and I went back to bartending and working in restaurants. And it it kind of When we were in Ohio, it restarted a career for me there. I worked professionally as a bartender. I was a nationally ranked competitive bartender for a number of years. I got to work on a number of amazing restaurant cocktail programs and kind of moved around the hospitality scene in Columbus for a number of years. And that afforded me the opportunity to meet a lot of really amazing people. And as any bartender will tell you, we love a regular. And I really loved my regulars. And I really loved getting to know them and getting to know about what they did and where they came from. And since Columbus has such a deep franchise bench here, it just so happened that a few of my regulars worked for Wendy's. I worked with the head of research and development for Wendy's, which was super fun. And then uh, at the tail end of my time behind bars, I got to know the president of Wendy's International, Daryl Van Lichten. We just struck up a real good friendship. I really enjoyed him. And even after I left my last bartending job, stayed in touch because you protect those relationships above all else. You just never know when you might need to make a phone call or there's something you can help with or that they could help you with. And and so we had just stayed in touch. I spent about three years working in startup technology. Again, it was a regular of mine at the bar who offered me an opportunity to work for a tech startup. So I worked as a Shopify Plus partner in a little tech startup for a few years. And then sure enough, three years later, I was looking for a new opportunity. I called Daryl Van Lichten. He had just bought a small restaurant group and was looking for an operator. So I got to literally go to work at the hand of a couple of masters. Daryl, who had spent so much time at Wendy's, and then John May, whose family owned Arby's, and he was the CEO of Arby's for a number of years. So I got to learn QSR ops from those two gentlemen. And it was trial by fire, drinking from a fire hose about like the best introduction to the concept of franchising I could have asked for and and didn't even know that that's what I was looking for. But certainly while our brand wasn't a franchise, all of their experience was in franchising and everything they talked about was in franchising. And I just really kind of grew to love the business model and the idea of franchising. And so my next opportunity was to go to RevLocal and work on the supplier side of franchising. I had just enough experience and kind of just enough knowledge of the community to be able to take a position there and work on that side. And now I have, through Whiskey Wednesday, through my time at Rev Local, have gained just so many relationships in the franchise community and an even deeper love and passion for this business model 
for what it can mean to so many people in so many different ways. And now I just couldn't be happier than to be continuing my career and continuing to grow with the team at Franchise Business Review. What an amazing place to land and what a great way to get there. And I'll tell you that I'm really glad that you didn't take your mom's advice seriously, although your mom was right. Yeah. <laughs> Hospitality is a tough, tough road to hoe, but you wouldn't be here now having this conversation together had no. you listened to your mom then. Something else that you said that struck a nerve with me is, I say for years that the people that I've known over the years in franchising, we've known them in different places and at different times. So we all change shirts, but we collect the people. And you had that lesson early on. Yeah. And I've always been habitually a collector of people. Maybe some people wish I'd disappear every now and again, <laughs> but people are so important and truly you just never know when someone just needs to hear from you. And and so I've always been I've been that person for a long time who when I think of you, you're going to get a text message or an email or a phone call from me just saying, "Hey, I thought of you." <laughs> and this is what made me think of you and oh my gosh, do you remember this time that we spent together and I hope you're doing well. And even if I never hear back from you, I want you to know that I'm thinking of you. And and I think franchising is is a lot about that too, because yeah, we do move around a fair bit in this business, but it's nice to always know people and to be able to make those connections. You know, I made a New Year's resolution this year that you just kind of articulated, mm -hmm. but my resolution was if you're a person that's been a part of my life and you've not been in my orbit in the recent past, and I think of you or I hear your name or I read your name someplace, I've forced myself to make an outreach within 24 hours of that yeah. moment. It could be a text or an email, or it could be a voicemail, it can be anything, but at least I've put out a message to somebody or a flag to somebody that I haven't heard from mm -hmm. in a while. Now that gets a little daunting sometimes, Emily, because yeah. you get on the phone and have that conversation with that person and now five or six more names may pop and now I have five <laughs> or six more people that I have to reach out to that I wasn't planning on on that given day but it's been great i found myself back in touch with a great many people that i never should have really lost touch with but yeah. this is my way now to be certain that it will never happen again yeah that's a cool thing i love that you're doing that and that is such a great way to do it like when you think of that person just reach back you know we talked about the universe already and i think that's another one of those times that maybe the universe is just telling you that person needs a little love yep I think it's true. Tell you what, let's do. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back from that break, I want to talk a little bit about what it is people see when they see you on Whiskey Wednesday, because you are really eloquent. And I don't know where that training came from or if it's just natural, but you're quite the educator. So even though you didn't become the teacher, I think in some ways you really are. And we're going to come back and talk about your talent on video production and showcasing your talent for mixology. And then we're going to get into some more discussion about franchise business review as well. But first, sure. we'll talk about the fun stuff with Emily George, Senior Client Coordinator for Franchise Business Review. And we'll be right back with more. Franchise Today will be right back. But first, a word from our sponsors. We are all familiar with Vistage, YPO, and EO. Well, now comes Zorforum, a somewhat similar type of executive group, but this one comes with a twist. Zorforum groups are exclusively for franchisors. Imagine a peer group for sharing and networking on a platform built exclusively for franchise executives. Zorforum members are afforded unparalleled access to best practices and some of the brightest minds within the franchising world through regular meetings and a dedicated communications platform. 
In this post-COVID world, a franchise-specific mastermind or peer group is an endeavor worth making time for. Zor Forum groups of 6 to 10 will bring leaders together that are in similar situations, but with exclusivity in terms of their competitive sets, so that each can openly help others benefit from their respective knowledge, perspective, and experience with no fear of competitive loss. Network, learn, strategize, and remain motivated along your journey. Join a peer group, not just any peer group. Join the only one designed for emerging franchisors. Join Zor Forum. Learn more at zorforum.com. That's www.zorforum.com. And we're back with Emily George, Senior Client Coordinator for Franchise Business Review. And shame on me, Emily, I didn't know you joined FBR until I took a look at your LinkedIn profile after inviting you to come join me here on Franchise Today. Yeah, yeah. It was a change I wasn't necessarily looking for, but kind of back towards the tail end of summertime, I had had an opportunity to be in touch with Michelle Rowan at FBR, and it turned out there maybe was a little synergy there, and I was able to make the transition. So yeah, as of August, first. I am here with the team. There's a lot more than a little synergy there. I think that you're cut from the same fabric as Michelle and you couldn't find a better group of people to be around and a company to work for. And I think over time, that'll probably prove out and become evident to everybody. I'm curious about your talent. Whiskey Wednesday is the place (laughs) that I've seen you showcase this talent. There are two components to that that I'm struck by. Number one is your knowledge of spirits and how you present and share what looks like it's all ad lib. I don't know if it is or it isn't, but you sure impressed me with your presence. I guess that's the correct word, your presence when you're standing in front of a camera and not just toasting a Whiskey Wednesday, but providing a bit of an education in the process. So where does all that come from? Boy, Stan, I'm going to just ask to be on your podcast anytime I need a little bit of a boost. Uh, but <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm glad people enjoy it. And it's a, a thing I, I love to talk about where it comes from because it very much comes from my parents. My mom started her career as a speech and mass media communications teacher in a school district in Wisconsin. She taught speech and journalism for a number of years before my brother and I were born. And then when my brother was born first, she stayed at home. And then when I was maybe in kindergarten or first grade, she started working for our local Methodist church as a Christian education director. And I tell you what she built at that church is nothing short of miraculous. She and Pastor Don, who was the pastor there, built an amazing congregation and she built a second to none Christian education program. And one of the components of that was that all of the children, all of the students were going to participate in the church community in a variety of ways. And when we were participating in the church service, we were going to do so professionally and with polish and with rehearsal. And so we we all, all of us kids that went through Wesley United Methodist got a really incredible education in public speaking and kind of performance. And that really has stuck with me through everything that I've done. And it, it's a compliment that I get here and there when I've done different things. And I always have to go back and send a little thank you back to my mom because this kind of all comes from her. Yeah, I just, I have 
have a lot to thank her for. And, and that's where it comes from. So that's the presentation skills. What about the mixology? Oh, yeah. So the mixology, like I said, I had kind of bartended my way through college and, and bartending in Iowa was really just a lot of draft beer. But I'll still never forget the first time a person ordered from me a seven and seven and I had no idea what it was, but I said, sure. And then like ran to the nearest person I could find to say, do you know what a seven and seven is? And how do you make that? So, you know, I remember I, I could never forget that moment. But then when we moved to Ohio and I started working for, for kind of higher level restaurants, I learned a lot more about bartending. And then I had the opportunity to work for Kimmer Mitchell Restaurants, which is a relatively well-known brand here in Columbus. And they've since gone national with their Ocean Prime concept and Marcella's is around the country as well. But while I was there, one of the bartenders that I was working with, Chris Delavi, invited me to a bartending competition. I had never heard of anything like this before. I didn't know anything about it, but she just said, you have to make a cocktail with Don Q rum and then show up at this time and this place to make it. Awesome. I can do all of those things. So I created this cocktail, showed up at the competition, won the local, won the regional, went national, my first competition. And it was just fun because like what ended up happening, I got to go to New York for a week to compete with bartenders from around the country. And I got to meet all these people and meet some of my icons and people I had been seeing around in the business and like be on a stage with them, which was wild to me. I just could not imagine how I Ended up there, but I kept competing and happened to keep winning. And so I kind of ended up in this like weird little circle of hospitality professionals that, again, like I just couldn't believe that I was standing next to some of these people anywhere close to their level. And so just always felt super blessed and super lucky. And then consequently, always felt like I had to make the most of it. I had to learn as much as I could. I had to take advantage of every opportunity and, and kind of one of those last opportunities was to work with a group based out of Kentucky that runs a program called Camp Rodama. It is a bartending camp for adults in the hills of Kentucky. We bring 150 bartenders twice a year to come and learn about whiskey and bourbon where it's made. Uh, we go to distilleries and meet with master distillers and brands do programs on camp. And I did four years of whiskey camp. And I got to meet some really incredible people and build some amazing relationships. And again, just learn everything that I could. And now I think I bear a bit of a responsibility to all of those people who invested in me to share as much as I know with anybody who could possibly care to hear what I happen to know about whiskey. Well, you do it with passion and there's no substitute for passion. It can't be faked. You can't try to fool somebody when it comes to making them know how much you care about what you're doing. You really translate that. It's very evident and I'm impressed by the knowledge base, but more so with the poise with which you deliver it. And for me, it's no wonder you did quite well and you talked about bartenders' best friends are the regulars. I feel like a regular for Whiskey Wednesday because I'm going to hear from you and I'm going to get a lesson and I'm going to enjoy getting it. So that's, you know, that's always fun watching you do that. And your bar at home, I guess, looks more professional than any bar I walk into. Pretty well stocked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The banana stand, I don't keep an active inventory, but when we moved into this house, the banana stand was about 350 unique bottles and it's well over 400 now. Wow. 
I don't really know exactly what it's at. We're talking with Emily George, and we're having a conversation today that's a little off the path of the usual episode here on Franchise Today, but I'm enjoying this one as much as any. So, Emily, let's get up to date on where you are now, and the role that you will play at Franchise Business Review is going to be what? Sure. So, I work on the the sales side for Franchise Business Review, and and I think for for FBR, sales is a bit of a heavy word. We're partners with mm-hmm. anybody. That that we work with and anybody who knows anything about FBR and for folks who may not know anything about us, what we care most about is helping brands who are doing right by their franchisees build awareness for the great work that they're doing. And we do that by franchisee satisfaction. We take franchisee satisfaction surveys. We help build that validation and gather that feedback for those brands. And then the media side of our company, it does an amazing job celebrating the best of the best franchise brands that we work with. We also put all of that content out so that candidates who are looking for a great franchise opportunity have a little bit of a head start when they start at Franchise Business Review. They know that they are looking at some of the best brands with great franchisee satisfaction validation, and they have a great place to start with our top 200 list when they're looking for a brand that might be a good fit for them. We have also expanded into the employee engagement world. So we've been doing a lot of really cool work, gathering feedback from employees. And if we know anything right now, it's that hiring and retention are two of the most important things that anybody can be focusing on. And so we've enjoyed working with brands in a slightly different way to help them gather that kind of information as well. So I'm working with existing brands and any new brands who might like to partner with FPR. So technically on the sales side, but like I said, we're not really here to sell you anything. We just want to partner with you and help in any way that we can. So that kind of touched on what my next question was going to be. Who is the sweet spot? Are there any brands that are too small or too new? How big does somebody have to be to be able to benefit from what you do for them? We will work with any brand that is 10 franchisees with open and operating units or larger. And there really isn't, or at least we haven't found yet, a high end for that. We've worked with brands north of 2,000 franchisees open and operating. So there can really be a range there. Every now and again, I've heard some of our smaller brands question whether it's worth it to participate when there are much bigger brands that are also gathering this validation. And I say it's never too early to get that feedback from your franchisees to establish the baseline and to kind of set your brand on a trajectory of how high is up. You're usually validating really well when you're a small system. Those excited first franchisees who are so passionate about your brand and you gather really great feedback initially. Awesome. How do we make sure you are never below where you start and just continue to grow? So kind of 10 is the magic number for franchisees open and operating to start working with us. And what does a franchisor have to do to get started with you? What kind of a commitment does it take in terms of time and energy? And are there better times of year than other times perhaps to do these surveys? Sure. So to work with us, it just takes an initial conversation. We try to make it as easy as possible and as frictionless as possible because we don't want to create more work 
for you. We're, we're trying to make your life easier. So once we kind of establish what your goals are and how we can best help, all we really need from the brand is their FDD and a contact list of their franchisees. And then we can take it from there. Again, we just try to make it as seamless as possible. Are there any brands that you can't help or do work for? You know, a brand that we couldn't help or do work for other than by size, maybe they're just not big enough yet. We haven't really found anybody that couldn't truly benefit from having their feedback from their franchisees. I mean, at the end of the day, it's something we talk about a lot in franchising. Happy franchisees, successful franchisees, profitable franchisees are what make successful systems. So we haven't yet found the person who couldn't quite benefit from the work that we do. So I'm thinking like the franchisors that I've watched that have put themselves out there with the undercover boss and have had some real revelations when they learn things that they would otherwise not have known. Are there any franchisors that maybe are a little afraid of what they might hear coming out of these surveys? You know, I think that can be said of anybody who's seeking feedback, uh, whether it's a franchisor seeking feedback or any of us in our daily lives, right? Like how scary is it sometimes to ask your boss or one of your coworkers how you're doing and open yourself up for that feedback. So we really get that fear. FBR works first and foremost confidentially. A number of brands work with us and some validate really, really well and still choose to keep that confidential. Maybe for some reason they don't want to be published on our awards list. That does happen. It happens the other way too, where sometimes we get some really tough feedback from franchisees. We uncover some issues that maybe the brand wasn't fully aware that the issue was as big as it is. And we're happy to work with that brand to troubleshoot. Maybe we bring in our team to do a bit of an executive analysis to really help dig into that issue. And again, we're not here to shine a light on anybody who's struggling. We want to help folks who are struggling. So we're not going to shout it from the rooftops if validation isn't quite where we want it to be. We're just going to work with you until it is there. And I'll share a real quick story. We have a brand that we've worked with for a number of years, and I had the pleasure to sit in on a conversation with Michelle a month or so ago where they were reviewing, I think, their third or fourth year of surveying with us. So they've been working with us for three or four years, consistently surveying every year. The first year, it was not great. They knew it wasn't going to be great. They were prepared when they went into it. And boy, that team has worked over the last few years, every year, increasing their overall satisfaction by 10 points. And I just can't tell you how incredible it was to see that team come together, see their most recent result, see the result of their effort and just the cumulative impact on their brand over time. It's possible and it's wonderful to see it when it happens. It's got to make you feel good to be part of that and oh. to get paid to do it. Come on. doesn't get any, right? better, <laughs> any better than that. Yes. Before I ask you for contact info, anything I haven't asked you that you wished I did? Boy, that's a really good question. No, I don't think so. I think you've touched on a lot of really wonderful things. And, and I so appreciate you caring enough and giving a little space for this more personal side, because I sure do love to talk about where this all comes from. And I'm a believer that we're all more than the sum of our parts. And I love being kind of one of those stories that came in in a really weird way and has a really weird background. But <laughs> 
I've loved being embraced by the franchise community and hope to continue that for many, many years to come. All right, Emily, before I let you go, how about some contact information? For sure. So you can definitely find me on LinkedIn. I am Emily George on LinkedIn. If you want to email me, you can email me at emily at franchisebusinessreview.com. And you're more than welcome to give me a call at 603-501-1977. I'm certainly always happy to talk about whiskey, even happier to talk about FBR. If you've not seen Emily on a Whiskey Wednesday toast, go to LinkedIn and get to know this amazing young lady whose career in franchising is going to touch a whole lot of people in the years ahead. And you couldn't have picked a better place to land than Franchise Business Review. I want to thank you for being here, Emily, and look forward to seeing you out there as we start getting back to live events again and the ability to see one another on something beyond a Zoom screen. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Stan. This was a blast. Emily George, Senior Client Coordinator at Franchise Business Review. Well, did you catch the duality of what Emily said when she stated that happy franchisees, successful franchisees, profitable franchisees are what make successful franchise systems? Well, you know, others might suggest that successful franchise systems are what enable franchisees to be happy and profitable in the first place. Who's to say whether there's a right or a wrong here? I mean, either of these are good things. Well, that's a wrap for today. I'll be back next Wednesday at noon Eastern to do it all again. Remember to subscribe to Franchise Today and never miss an episode. Find me on LinkedIn or feel free to email comments, questions, or guest suggestions to stan at sensiblefranchising.com. Until next week, I'm Stan Friedman wishing you the best, the very best of all things franchising, and Franchise Today is out. Franchise Today is a production of FRM Solutions, providing best-in-class CRM tools to empower relationships with prospective and existing franchisees. No excuses, just solutions. Find them online at frmsolutions.com. Join Stan every Wednesday at noon Eastern for another live episode of Franchise Today. Or, as always, download episodes on demand at blogtalkradio.com or iTunes.